I'm not here to sugarcoat it. Starting a podcast can take a lot of time and effort on the back end. But I've also noticed a shift, not only in my own mindset, but also in the results I've gotten when I show up in a way that feels genuine and authentic to me and consequently inspires more of you, my dear listeners. Today we jam about what happens when you ditch what you think you should be doing to boost visibility in your business. You know, those things you likely aren't following through on and instead focus on the most aligned way to show up for your people and how you can bring in more clients because of it. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Samantha Mabe. Samantha is the owner and designer at Lemon in the Sea, the strategic website design studio. She helps the creative small business owner who is passionate about serving her clients to stand out as an expert, find more dream clients, increase visibility, and be in control of her website so she can grow her business and spend more time doing what she loves. Samantha, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Woo, so excited. Um, so Samantha, you and I actually met via your podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and about your podcast and why it is that you do what you do? Yeah. So I, my kind of job is a website designer. So I help small business owners, mostly women who have service-based businesses to design websites that are actually working instead of just looking pretty. Um, We really focus on the strategy of making sure that their website is helping them reach their business goals. Um, So that's how I got started uh, and led me into the podcasting space. So I started with the business side and I was blogging like everybody else was um, mm-hmm. and really just didn't like it. So I decided to try out podcasting and I started that back in oh June of 2017, which seems okay. like forever ago now. And um, so we talk about tools and strategies and systems for running a small business. So they're kind of connected, but they're separate at the same time. Awesome. So exciting. Um, So can you tell me, I mean, this kind of ties into what we're talking about today. Um, Can you tell me what the one mindset shift is that's made the biggest difference for either you or the clients that you work with? Really, the biggest thing was when I realized that I didn't have to get my visibility the same way everybody else did. So I was blogging every week, sometimes multiple times a week, 
And it was really draining for me. I didn't like having to sit down and write. I pushed it off to the last minute every single time. And so it was always really stressful. But that was what everybody did. And that's what I felt like, you know, this is what you have to do to be a successful business owner. And it wasn't until I met a couple of other ladies who have podcasts and got to know them and kind of figured out that that was something I could offer um, that I made that shift to think, you know what, I could create content in a way that I actually enjoy and get it out in front of people in a way that they're going to be able to consume it really easily. So that was a big shift. It was just realizing that I could do the visibility piece of my business, which is the hardest part for me in a way that made it easier because it was something that I actually liked. Oh, I love how you put that. That's so incredible because I think a lot of times this visibility piece is what feels so scary for entrepreneurs, right? Which is, I mean, sort of counter counterintuitive when you think about it because we work so hard to get these products and offerings and like all of the work that we do together and as good as it possibly can be And then that visibility piece is really what launches it out into the world and what makes it so that we can do a living doing what we love. So I think it's kind of this sticky point that a lot of entrepreneurs like to to hide behind. And I love how you said that, you know, the mindset shift of simply realizing that you didn't have to do it the same way as everyone else and that you could really show up and get visible in a way that felt good to you was such a game changer for you. So can you tell me, were there any like doubts or fears or anything like that when you first um, started your podcast that you kind of had to work through to finally like put it out in the world? There were a lot of doubts. (laughs) (laughs) I really wasn't sure it was going to work. So for a couple of months there, I blogged and podcasted at the same time um, because I was afraid to just kind of take the leap and decide that I was just going to do my podcast, and that was going to be where all of my content was. Um, But what really, I think, helped was that when I thought about the idea from the very start, I decided that I was going to try it out by being a guest on other people's shows that I was friends with. And so I could see if it was something that I was going to enjoy, if I felt like I could talk for 45 minutes and have something to say. So I did that part really early before I got into actually buying all of the equipment and investing in making everything happen and then actually sitting down and doing the recordings. Because usually I I think things out and I'm a planner, but I also, when I have my idea like set in my head, I tend to just jump in and do it. And this time I was like, you know what? That is a big investment of time and money. And I didn't want to tell people that I was launching a podcast and then like release, you know, 10 episodes and tell them, oh, well, I I quit that. I don't want to do it anymore. So I made sure that I did some test runs of it first before I actually took those bigger steps. And I think that's such a great way to get your mindset kind of on board with it too. I think what you were talking about earlier where you make decisions and you commit to them and then you just do them, like I operate very similarly. Um, But I think, you know, when we're talking about these long-term commitments where, you know, it is a big time investment, it is a big financial commitment to get, you know, 
all of the equipment needed to decide how you're going to edit, to, to decide where you're going to host it. Like there's a lot involved. And I, I love that you kind of warmed up to the process and totally got your mom, mindset on board by being on other people's broadcasts, because I think that's how, you know, that's how we make that transition. That's how we kind of tip the scale in our favor, where we're like, okay, this thing feels really new and scary right now. But it won't if I kind of ease my way into it. And I think that was such a great way of doing that. Yeah, it definitely helped me. And it helps me to convince my husband that it was something I would stick to and that we should buy the equipment for too. So he was more on board (laughs) after I was like, you know, I've done it a couple of times. It's gone pretty well. I actually enjoy it. And he was like, okay, you know, we can do this. I'll help you make sure we buy the right microphone because he's the one that does those things for me. Totally. I love that. And it's funny, you know, it's funny the way these things happen, because when I was thinking about, I actually think I mentioned it um, in the episode that I appear on on your podcast, where you asked at the end of the episode, what's coming up for you? And I was like, well, I've been thinking about starting a podcast, but I'm not really sure how that's going to show up for me or what it's going to look like. So right now I'm just kind of open to the idea. And I had visited my parents shortly after that, um, just for vacation. And I was telling them, I think I'm going to start a podcast. My mom was like, oh, I have a microphone that we never used. Do you want it? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I do. She's like, we bought it for your brother's like science project way back when. But, you know, after he recorded what he needed, we haven't used it. So here you go. And I was, I mean, it was great because I think, you know, those kind of things, once you kind of start inching in that direction, you start seeing more evidence of like, okay, this is the thing, like, I'm going to do this now. (laughs) So can you tell me, I know there's a lot of we're talking about the mindset behind like showing up in a way that feels good. Did podcasting just come to you like really easily did sort of like talking out loud in this format, like already feel good to you? Or did you kind of have to warm up to it? So I will start this by saying that I listened to podcasts for a long time before I started my own Um, business ones, not business ones. I listened to Serial like everybody did. Um, So it was a medium that I was already familiar with from the listener side. And I tend to talk out loud to myself all the time anyway. So that part wasn't weird. I had done a couple of blog posts back when I was blogging that I would kind of write an outline and then I would dictate it to my phone on like a recording app and then transcribe it instead of sitting down and just trying to write because my brain seemed like it worked better if I was talking things out. So that part was not hard. It was when I sat down to actually record an episode that was a solo episode. So interviews were pretty easy other than being really scared to reach out to people. But when I had to sit down, (laughs) when I had to sit down and record like 40 minutes of just me talking into a microphone about something, that was the really scary part that I had to kind of wrestle with the fact that I did have something to say. I had valuable things to share with people. I could talk through it. And if it sounded awful, I could re-record it. So those first couple solo shows that I did took a lot of time to just get to be okay with, you know, accepting that 
this was going to be something that I could share that was going to be useful, that I should sit down and take the time to actually talk through it all. Yeah, totally. And I can really relate to that because I know the first time I recorded my solo episode and you can, I feel like you can even hear it in my voice. I was so nervous, right? And it's such a strange like sensation to be sitting, basically sitting in a room by yourself, talking into a microphone and to be like absolutely terrified of it. (laughs) Yeah, it Um, is. And it was funny because I could talk about like that same subject just to myself around the house, no pressure, um, just perfectly fine. I could talk for hours about it if I wanted to, but it was like, I sat down in front of the microphone and my brain went blank and I was like, I don't have anything to say now. And, you know, I knew that that wasn't true, but it took a lot of just practice doing it to come to a place where I could actually record pretty consistently without being scared and having to like put it off to the last minute before it released. Right. And I think, you know, one thing that's nice about doing these kind of interviews is you can kind of bounce off of what each other are saying and, you know, you naturally come to your next thought when you're sitting in a room and just recording I find those transitions can be really difficult, right? Because you have to make a point to say, okay, now we're moving on to my next point or, and this leads into that. Whereas otherwise it can just feel like you're kind of rambling. (laughs) So I think that was definitely um, another mindset thing that I had to overcome was just like learning how to talk in that way and learning how to speak to people in a way that made sense and wasn't necessarily conversational. Cause if you think about it, there aren't a whole lot of other opportunities in our life where you're just kind of going on a 30 minute monologue, you know? Right. Especially when, because podcasting, there are no visuals. I don't have a slideshow to show anybody that I can point to things like it's all done by talking through something. And so it's very different than what we practiced in high school or college presentations. So I just felt like that was what felt the most out of my depth part of podcasting. Yeah, I think I would agree with that too. That and what you talked about in reaching out to people to um, to get interviews and to get people on the show. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and kind of how you broke through the fear of sending those emails? Sure. So when I first started, I took a course on podcasting, which was really helpful from a girl who ran a podcast. And so that uh, was very helpful because I used her email template to kind of craft Mm -hmm. my own template. And I started out by reaching out to people that I already knew and had relationships with that kind of had heard that I was going to be starting this podcast that I thought, you know, it's very unlikely they're going to say no, even if they just want to jump on the call to help me out with something. So they were business owners and they definitely had something to say, but they were also friends that I had met at conferences or in Facebook groups. And so that made it really a lot easier. It was when I started reaching out to people that I didn't know as well that it was scary because I didn't want them to say no or come back and say, you know, I've never heard of your podcast. Who are you? I'm too busy to do this. Right. So those emails were harder to send. But what I found over time is, A, 
lots of people like to be on podcasts. So they're really, you know, honored to be asked. Almost everybody says yes. And if they're going to say no, they just don't answer your email. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I think, you know, I approached it in a very similar way that you did. And I think this was a a great way to kind of get my mindset on board was, you know, reaching out to those people first that I was pretty sure were a yes, right? And that's what you were talking about with the people you met at conferences, the business besties, people like that. Um, And you're right, like the scary part does come when you're like, okay, I've been following you on Instagram since Instagram started, but you don't know who I am. And I'd really like you to come on and talk about this one topic. And that's when it starts to feel scary and a little bit vulnerable, right? Because it, I mean, at least my podcast, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It does feel very personal, right? I feel like people get to know you in a whole new way. Um, and they they feel like they know you too, right? Because you're basically spending a half hour with them every week. Um, but I think that, you know, reaching out to those people that, you know, it feels it feels scary. And I think it's a good thing. Like, I think it's just another way that we're pushing ourselves like outside of our comfort zone and growing in new ways. And ultimately, that's how the podcast grows, too, is, you know, getting in front of new audiences and having people on the show that, you know, really have a message and something to share. And if it resonates with me, I'm hoping it'll resonate with the audience as well. Yeah. And I found that generally the people that I kind of have to push myself to send those emails to uh, end up being the best guests just because they have a whole lot to share with people. And um, so that makes it worth it. You know, I know that if I can get them on the show, it's going to be really valuable. And almost everybody in this space is really friendly, even though it, you know, it's really (laughs) intimidating, but we're pretty friendly as a group. And so especially if they're going to get on a podcast with you and talk through things like they're not going to be mean or scary. Right. Totally. And I think that's one of those things where when you uncover the fears that you actually have and ask yourself like, okay, I'm afraid that they're going to say no. I'm afraid that they're going to hate my podcast. I'm afraid that they won't want to be on the show, whatever those fears are, when you actually look at them, and you're like, okay, but is that true? Like, would that really happen? You know, and most of the time, no, like, no one's going to be like, I hate your podcast, I would never come on it, right? Like, no one's gonna say that ever. Um, So I think just keeping that in mind when you're when you're working through those fears can be so important. Um, And then the other trick that I've learned, um, which is kind of a mindset hack, is collecting no's. Um, so I have a goal of mine is to collect five podcast no's. I'm on two. Um, but just reaching out to people at, that are like outside of my comfort zone and kind of a reach and getting like collecting no's basically. So to take kind of the charge and the fear and um, all of the scariness away from it and actually like celebrate them instead, because that means that I'm pushing myself and reaching outside of my comfort zone. And those are in the end, really good things. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just a way of reframing what success looks like. And if success looks like reaching out to enough people that you get five no's, then it's a whole lot easier to reach out because you're not worried about whether they say yes or no, you're more worried about did I do my part of that? Exactly. 
If you're struggling to get your mindset on board with gaining visibility so you can bring in more clients and build a business you find both profitable and fulfilling, go ahead and sign up for my free Simplifying Success coaching call. Together, we'll identify the one mindset shift that will make the biggest difference in your visibility efforts so you can stop spinning your wheels and start seeing more of the results you want. Head over to amandadunnelly.com slash free call to book. I only do three of these each week, so get over there and book yours today. So can we talk a little bit about when, like, when did you stop blogging entirely and really commit to the podcast? So I started my podcast in June of 2017, like I said, um, and I recorded up through, I think it was about February of 2018, so it was like what is that? Eight months that I was releasing blog posts, at least occasionally. They were started out at once a week, like I was normally doing, and then got to be about once a month during that time, just because it was a lot of content to put out. But in that February, after I had started my podcast, I went to kind of a small in-person retreat and we were brainstorming content. And I was telling people, I was like, you know, I have all these ideas, but I don't know how I'm supposed to keep up with a blog and a podcast. And somebody said to me, they were like, well, why are you doing both of those things if (laughs) you don't have the time? And really my podcast show notes are all hosted on my website. So I'm getting all of the SEO and the traffic to my website anyway. Like there was no reason to be having both of those things come out every week. Um, So it was kind of having somebody else give me permission to do what I had wanted to do for so long anyway, that I was just like, you know what, you're right. It makes no sense for me to be trying to do both of these things and making myself miserable. I'm just going to drop the blog and focus on the podcast. And that way I can do a better job of it. And at the same time, they really pushed me because I wasn't going to be blogging to do more solo episodes so that I could still have that platform to share what I was really good at and what I was passionate about. So I went from doing a solo episode every three to four episodes to every other to kind of make up for not having a blog post that was just me talking about my stuff. Awesome. So how did you see a shift in your business or in your other than having more time, but in your marketing or your business in general, when you made that shift and stopped blogging and then did more podcast episodes? Was there anything noticeable that happened? Or was it kind of like a smooth transition that like no one knew about but you? (laughs) I think mostly on my end, it was a smooth transition that people probably didn't really notice. Um, I had, I have so many old blog posts that I can put out as far as content goes, you know, on Pinterest and whatever. So it's not like they just dropped off the face of the planet. Um, but I did notice that when I started talking more about websites specifically on my show that I had potential clients and current clients who were coming back to me and saying, you know, I listened to this episode and I really liked these ideas. How can we incorporate this in my design? And Mm -hmm. that was really validating for me to say, okay, you know, doing all of this extra work that's showing off kind of what I'm doing 
is helping them as well. And it's helping grow my business because now I have more work that's coming in. Totally. And I think that's really rewarding. Um, I think that podcasting can be one of those formats where you, I mean, especially when you're doing solo episodes where there isn't a whole lot of feedback, right? There, you're kind of just doing your thing in your own little bubble. And then you're like putting it out on the internet, which just feels like this giant abyss. <laughs> so I think it feels really good when you have, and I mean, we don't want to depend solely on the feedback of others for that validation, but it does feel really good when people come to you and you, they say like, I feel like I know you, or I really love this episode and it changed so much for me, or I've connected with so many amazing people because of your podcast. Um, it really does make it feel like you're making a difference and also like getting business because of it too is awesome. Um, and I think it just builds that like no trust factor really. Um, people feel like they know you on a whole new level. Yeah. And I think a blog can do that same thing, but we are usually talking to people who are really super busy. And I think blogging as kind of a medium is we're not as concerned about reading blog posts and commenting on people's blog posts and all of those things we were supposed to do three years ago. Um, so they're just not getting as much engagement unless you have a huge following. And so I can show up in somebody's ear. It pops into their feed automatically if they're subscribed. And that makes pushing that content out a whole lot easier. Totally. And also, I mean, this this is kind of one of those double-edged swords, right? But it's one of those things where people can listen and like multitask at the same time. So they can be doing dishes or grocery shopping or I listen to podcasts when I'm driving somewhere. And it doesn't feel like this um, huge chunk of your day, like the time is all gone, right? Whereas if you're like reading things or taking the time to read an entire article, I mean, that can take a good amount of time where you're, where that's your soul attention. That's where that's going. So I really love that podcasting is a medium in which it can kind of fit into your life. However you see fit. Um, and I think it's a great way to reach your audience because of that. Yeah. So I know when we talk about, you know, getting visible in a way that feels good, um, your like websites in general just come top of mind for me. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about, I think you have a guide about updating your website for higher um, conversion rates. And that might be a way that our audience is looking to sort of get more visible. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. So yeah, I have a guide. It's uh, five updates for a higher converting website. So the, they're pretty simple things. But what I found is that making simple changes on a website also helps you get more visible without a lot of work. So the really cool thing about a website is that it's doing a lot of the jobs that you would have to do for you if it's designed well. So it's kind of like another employee because it's out there telling people what you do and who you are and how they can get in touch with you. And you don't have to do a lot to keep that going. Um, so the updates that you can make to kind of just up that are pretty simple. Um, one of the big things that I always tell everybody is to put their email address on their contact page so that 
if someone doesn't want to fill out a contact form, they don't have to. And like, I get so many people that reach out to me just straight from email instead of a form because it's there and it's available. And some of them turn into clients, some of them turn into, you know, being a guest on a podcast or just having a coffee chat. But those are the types of things that you can do one time and it helps you get in front of more people. Yes. And I think, I mean, when we talk about getting more personal too, like, and building that relationship and that connection, like there's nothing personal about a contact form, right? It kind of strips strips away every bit of personality. Um, So on my website, I actually have like a little line that says, let's skip the contact form, email me directly. And then just my email address, because honestly, like no one likes filling them out. No one likes receiving them. Like it seems like this kind of outdated practice. And I also love that, you know, it's one simple change, but it's another way for you to get visible in a way that feels good and actually see more like conversion because of it. So that's such an amazing tip. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Contact forms are, they're useful for some people. uh, But for a lot of us, especially I have a lot of wedding people who have really long contact forms. Um, because they need to know a guest count and a venue and a budget. And I'm like, I just want you to be a guest on my podcast. I can't fill all that information out. I just need to send you an email. <laughs> right? Yes. So I think that is such a great example, too. Um, so, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us um, today. If our listeners loved what they heard and want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Um, so my website is lemonandthesea.com and there is a link there to the podcast show notes. So you can check that out just from my website. My podcast is Process to profitability everywhere. And then on social media, I'm at lemon and the sea. It's not a very common name. So it was easy to get all of the handles to match. Amazing. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for joining us today, Samantha. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunnelycom slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelycom slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. And be in control of her website so she can grow her business and support the. <laughs>